Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, Mamas. We talk a lot on this podcast around the rites of passage, those rituals and acknowledgements that we need to have at core times in our life, core moments of transition and change, endings and beginnings. And you may have even listened to some of the episodes about what these rites of passage should be, how we move from maiden to mother, how we let go of our old ambitious versions of ourselves and begin to explore who we are as we soften into motherhood, how this changes our relationships, our body, our sense of self, our identity. But in this episode, I wanted to explore a little deeper What happens when we miss these rites of passage? How do we know we're ready for one? Because rites of passage are not just moments where significant new things begin, like a new life, a baby. Rites of passage can be when your last child goes to school, when you return to work, when your daughter gets her first period as you begin to move to menopause. These are all moments that when we begin to understand the importance of the matrescence rite of passage, we also begin to see that there are so many moments in our life where we should be acknowledging, honouring these rituals and moments. In this episode, I am thrilled to introduce you to Kamya O'Keefe. She is a rites of passage facilitator and trainer. She speaks in many of the leading motherhood and matrescent circles around the world and brings to our conversation such a gentleness, a softness, a divine reminder of what we need most as women in these moments. Enjoy. Kamya, welcome to the podcast and thank you for stepping into this space with me and sharing your wisdom with all of these mamas. Hi Amy, it's my pleasure and an honour to be here with you. Really looking forward to our conversation today. You bring so much wisdom and an experience to this conversation of matrescence. You work with and alongside many of the leaders in this space, many of whom I hold such great respect for and so I really would love to use this time with you to explore the rite of passage of motherhood 
or matrescence and try and bring a deeper lens to this. Everyone who listens to this podcast by now, unless this is the very first episode they're listening to, knows the importance of this and that we need to do it better. But I'd love to explore with you even more, like sink into what we're missing and what this really is. So let's start with what is a rite of passage in your mind? Yeah, so a rite of passage is a marking or a celebration, an acknowledging of life's transition, uh, moving from one stage of life to another. Um, And rites of passage happen in many ways, but we have a lot of research and information about what the components of a rite of passage are. And I work with the Rites of Passage Institute here in Australia, and we teach people what those components are, how a rite of passage happens, what are the precursors to it, what are the stages, and how do you support a healthy rite of passage? So how do you create transformation for someone who's going through that to be held in a in a proper container of community to support them to step into that next life stage and for them to really bring their gifts to that next stage and to have a vision for who they want to be. Yeah. Mm. A lot of our work is with obviously the coming of age uh, transition for teens, but through that I work with all of the mothers. So my work particularly focuses on working with mothers in their life transitions, whether that's through postnatal repletion with Dr. Oscar Serilak, if it's working with mothers who are facing that their children are in the the preteen kind of uh, puberty stage, if it's at that stage where their children are going through the the actual coming of age, right, passage. So I work with mothers all along the way, and I support and mentor women who are working with mothers all along the way at different stages. Wow. Many, many years ago, I had the great privilege of interviewing Caroline Mace. And one of the things she said in that interview is, Amy, we are built to have ritual and rite of passage as human beings. And when we don't have a rite of passage, we create our own. Exactly. And she at the time was talking about boys and men and it really, really resonated with me. But the more I am in this space around motherhood and the lack of rite of passage, I see the same thing. In the end, at the moment, rite of passage into motherhood is what type of pram you buy and, (laughs) you know, what brand of maternity jeans and what's your baby shower. And we create rituals without even realising it. Because we as human beings need to mark these moments, don't we? Yes, we do. And exactly what you said, if we don't have them, if we're not held in community um, with them and through them, then we will, as humans, it's a need to to mark changes and often if we're if we don't have them something will go awry an unhealthy rite of passage can be created there can be a kind of disconnect there Uh, or we get stuck in the you know previous stage we see that in the you know in the adolescent stage if adolescents aren't marked into their young adulthood they will remain in the adolescent mind frame and behavior um, because no one's actually held them and and said to them, this is your responsibility to step forward. In motherhood, I mean, it's so layered around the fact that we don't, I mean, we have some rituals, but like many of our rituals in modern Western culture, they're kind of 
almost consumerist rituals. And, you know, there are some that you can have beautiful, you know, blessing ways and baby showers and things like that. But often the focus, as we know, are on the baby, right? It's not actually on the massive psychological, social changes that a woman will experience with motherhood. And my view is that these things happen throughout our journey. I know Dr. Orly Athan talks about matrescences. We don't really know the length of it. I think the, the focus of my work is to say it's not one thing. You know, it's not the birth. And then you're a mother, right? And I'm sure this is what you and your community and Mama Rising, you know, talk about it. It isn't just one thing. And, and what I see is there are these points along the way. And they can be different for every individual. I don't in any way try to generalize them, but to understand that we are shifting all the time. You know, it might be at birth and the postnatal time. It might be when, you know, baby goes to preschool or nursery or kindy, you know, at those changes. There can be changes in our mothering journey where we have different relationships to our child and to the world around us. So marking these along the way and acknowledging them is a way to like embed that healthy understanding of the mothering journey. Are rites of passage something we can do on our own? Absolutely. We can understand them. We can understand the stages of rites of passage. We can recognize them. I think the, the focus of my work is, is community-based work. So it's mother circles, it's groups, because rites of passage were always traditionally held as a community activity, a community ritual. And part of it, especially on the return, is being seen and witnessed by your community for what you've stepped into. It's really about being acknowledged in that. And, you know, I can use a lot of these examples around the coming of age rituals, but, you know, we can see as I speak about them, how little of that there is for mothers. The recognition of, wow, that you just, you know, journeyed, navigated that whole journey. Um, and here you are now and recognizing a woman where she is there and then a woman where she is further along. A lot of the times when I'm working with mothers who have uh, teens, you know, pre, pre-teen or adolescents, it might be the first time they've sat in circle and talked about their mothering journey. It might be the first time they've been with other mothers to share about all of the challenges that they're facing. So coming back to the question, can we do it on our own? We can do it on our own, but I think a healthy rite of passage is community. And I know, you know, a large part of your work is about building you know, those mothering communities. And I think more and more, that's what we're doing. And it is important to say the healing, the transformation that happens with rites of passage. The scope of that work is community-based. So it isn't therapy, right? It isn't individual therapy with a, you know, trained professional, psychologist, psychotherapist, whatever, someone who might be uh, uh, trauma responsive and doing that individual journey work. That's really important. And rites of passage is a different way of healing and working in community because you get to hear other people's stories. You know, you get to identify, oh, I'm not alone in this. And you get to share your story and be witnessed with that. Because it really is seen in others that is part of that healing. And I also think there's that role of the elder 
you know, the role of the one that has been before you to just, you know, like you're doing now in this recording, just nod and smile like, yes, yes, it's a thing. You're going through it. Yes, we've been there too. All of what you're saying is okay. There's something that our nervous system needs in that moment of being seen, isn't there? Yeah, and I find that a big part of the uh, the way that I hold space and the work and the the need is is sometimes from others just to have you know it's it's someone on the other shore going I've been through this I've walked this yes it was really hard and look here we are we made it you know there is there is kind of that call from the other shore of like this can be really challenging and we can we'll make it through together you know I can hold your hand and you know how I describe my work is something like tending the thresholds of change or transition for women in their in their life stage transitions because that's what it is it's holding the space for someone it's not doing it for them it's not telling them what it should look like or how to even do it but it's holding the space for them and guiding them that hey here's the signposts you know you might come across this it's okay <laughs> yeah if a mum is listening and she feels that you know she really hasn't been held in this way through this experience of motherhood and matrescence. Perhaps she's a few years in and she's really beginning to connect to this idea of matrescence and what she now needs. Without getting too uh, specific, what are the signs, what are the symptoms almost of a woman who has not been held through the rites of passage of her life? Ah, that question. It's a good question. I thought you were going to ask, interesting, (laughs) uh, about what are the signs and symptoms of a transition? Because in Mm. the stages of a rite of passage, separation, transformation, integration, there's always signs around the separation. Well, let's start there. Let's start there. Yeah, let's explore. I think it's it's maybe more helpful to name those. And then we can talk about the, you know, just that feeling of, then I can relate to some of those as I share them. So one of the, one of the things we always talk about in separation or the, the, the signs of a transition coming or a transition needed or a rite of passage needed is agitation. So we'll feel uh, some sort of frustration, agitation, maybe just like, I can't do this anymore. I think probably your listeners, you know, we can all remember those times in our life. I, you know, what comes up for me, even when I say those words was a particular job that I stayed in too long. And it was like every day I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm so frustrated. You know, it was just that feeling of I'm done. And yet I was still doing it. So that sense of agitation, we talk about teenagers, you know, we, you know, people can all (laughs) relate to, do you know anyone more agitated than teenagers? You know, they're, that's like their first major rite of passage. There's a lot of agitation because they're on one, they're in one stage and they're really ready to go and everything's kind of confused and coming together and falling apart all at the same time. So there's a lot of agitation. And I think those are the, the kind of signs and symptoms that, something we kind of sense something needs to change we absolutely won't know what it is like that's really important to say we don't ever know like where we're going and I think a lot of the 
challenge for women and for mothers is this sense, you know, that um, society gives a sense like we should know where we're going. We should know what's next. We should have it all worked out and we should be clear and, you know, focus, just drive you, take these steps, A, B, C, and D, and then you're going to get there. And I think that does us a huge disservice because in our journey, you know, this lifetime is our soul's journey and our path to finding out to bringing the gifts that we brought to the world, to bring them forth and to discover who we truly are. So we're not going to know that. If we knew that, we wouldn't have this life to lead and the journey to be on. So I think a, a trusting that it will unfold. And as we do the descent in the rite of passage, as we, you know, as we, we kind of dive into the cocoon or the transformative space which is always going to have a challenge in it um, and sometimes many challenges we're always coming back with something a little bit more of ourselves a little bit more of, of knowing about what's right for us and what we want maybe a bit more of our voice in that so the one thing I always say about and it probably should have been the first thing I said they're cyclical rites of passage are cyclical I know we have a hero's journey and a model that's like, it's this one thing and you do it and all good. I don't believe that model works in women's lives. We are cyclical beings. And, you know, it's like, for me anyway, that's how it works. You know, I do, a, there's a transition and I do the deep dive and I have to face some challenge and I have to look at something and then I come back up and I've got a little bit more knowledge, a little bit more wisdom about myself a little bit more connection. Um, and, it, and it happens again. <laughs> and I think that's the thing I mostly want to share with women is that these aren't like, hey, you do this one rite of passage and then you're good, which is the, the story we're told. Um, and you should know where you're going and what you want to achieve. It's more like an unfolding of our lives. And it will be a constant journey. And I'm not saying it's going to be constant challenges, but those might look like different things. It might be you know, the challenge of, um, you know, making a decision about what you want to do with your work, how you want to define your relationships, how you want your, your family to look like, what, you know, it can be anything about how we're finding more and getting closer to what it's true for us. Yes. And so that agitation, I think, is a really beautiful thing to, to recognise um, that whole, I can't do this anymore, that very resonates with me as well. That is my internal mantra when I am stuck. I can't do this anymore. And sometimes it even comes out of my mouth yeah. <laughs> externally. So if we hear that in our mind, what do we do? If we're recognising in our life we are in that state of perhaps agitation, we're in a place of, of not transitioning or getting ready to transition and we're unsure, what do we do in that space? Hmm. Well, a few things I would recommend. This is what I do. Certainly doing things like practicing the pause of checking in with ourselves, checking in with how we're feeling, what's there, you know, just coming back to honoring where we're at and then honoring what we might need, how we might resource ourselves to move forward. So that can be your own practice around practicing that pause of checking in. How am I feeling? What, what's okay for me right now? What capacity do I have? And then how do I need to resource myself? 
But I also think doing that in some sort of creating those kind of, you know, circles of women around you, community around you to check in, because sometimes it'll be like you can sit in circle and do that, do a check in. Where am I at? What's going on for me? What do I feel like I need? And you hear it from four or five other women where they're at, which can all be different. But somehow there's that wisdom of the circle that helps to both articulate what's going on and to receive some support if needed, or just some sort of, if you have a, a wise council of women with you. And it doesn't mean that they have to be like, uh, you know, be trained in, you know, rites of passage or anything like that. It's just having that community to share with. Because I think naming it can sometimes, you know, it's a feminist practice to name things, right? Name what's going on, naming what we're feeling, what we're what we're seeing around us, what we're recognizing in, in maybe systems or structures that aren't serving us. So I think finding those ways that we can talk about it, really, and that might be with a counselor or a therapist. It might be with a group of, you know, other mothers, other women to support. But I think that's the first thing is to recognize it. In, you know, traditional communities, rites of passage, there were elders that would recognize that something needed to change. They would recognize that someone was ready for a shift and they would be the ones that, you know, made that happen through the community. We don't really have that, but can have a council. And that group of, that circle that women can create can have elders in it. And I highly recommend, you know, having a diverse age range. Have some women who are, you know, younger than you or earlier on their mothering journey and maybe through the mothering journey. You know, my children are now 25 and 27. And so, you know, sometimes it's great that I can share with a mom who's, you know, her children are at that kind of teenage stage, you know, of like, oh, well, this is this is what it was like for me. And you can always receive those you know, that wisdom. And we always say, you know, there's no giving advice or philosophizing, but we can share our own stories. And when we share our own stories, we can really support each other. There's great medicine in that for mothers sharing their stories. It is a fine line though, isn't it? To listen consciously, share stories, but not tip into advice or reflection on what worked for me what is that line for you? Uh, well, it's really clear. We have, I set very clear boundaries, if you will, around circle work. And when we're in circle, we always speak from I. So we tell our own stories. My, you know, I feel this, I you speak from I. Because you'll notice as soon as people go into the you language, that's changing it to giving advice, philosophizing, or, you know, we all, any of those kind of statements, we all think this or <laughs> something. Um, so it's always speaking from I. It's always confidentiality. So stories are not shared outside the circle. You can absolutely always tell your own story or your own experience. When someone's speaking, I often use a talking object, that when that person's speaking, they have everyone's clear, undivided attention. And I know what you mean. It can be a fine line. And, and it's the reason I do like women's facilitation training, because it can be a fine line. We're often conditioned, certainly I was, to rescue. If someone's in tears or there is something 
you know, big that they're sharing that we, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned to rescue. We want to save them or, you know, make it okay. And actually the, the medicine is really just to listen, just to let them speak. We don't need to fix it. Um, it's really very rare that we get spaces where we can just say how we feel without getting anything back just being heard and acknowledged and know that it's safe. You're in a safe container to do that. Exactly. Mm. So if you could really uh, support a woman's transition into and through motherhood in the ideal way in your mind, acknowledging those rites of passage, when would you do those and what would they look like? Yeah, so obvious one is um, pregnancy and birth and postnatal time, right? So those could be different things throughout there. They could be like three stages of that rite of passage, uh, the separation, the transformation, and the integration. I would say it's like those three stages in, in that way. So I would have, uh, you know, experiences, rituals set up for each of those uh, moments and stages. Um, and I think there are, look, I, I am hesitant to say these are the ones because it will, because every woman's different and there can be different times of recognition or change or transition for them. So I would say, but the ones that come up the most that women share with me, so rather than me saying I think it's this, the ones that it's obviously uh, birth and uh, postnatal time, and then the transition of uh, children leaving home in some way, right? They're going out into the world, whether that's nursery, kindergarten, school, whenever that is. And so no time frame or any shoulds on that, but just that shift of there is a you know there is a moment there where they're 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 separated and that's a transition and an adjustment um and and there's an acknowledgement i think all of these are around acknowledging that the there are transitions happening and recognizing that something has shifted and having people hold you in the recognition of that so there might be other ones along the way it could be from um Yeah, it can be another child being born, right? Obviously, for me, that was a massive transition. There was grief about, like, I wasn't having this one-on-one -on -one relationship anymore and the joy of having another baby and child. And, and you, you know, if there's all these things. That's a big transition. So the birth of each child can be, again, that same recognition that I mentioned first, but also added on to that something more. There's another layer there. The one that is, is most predominant in my work is that transition of when children are becoming adolescents. So they've kind of gone through puberty, but they're, and they're in puberty, but there's that point where, again, there's the break. And that usually coincides with uh, a woman's menopause transition, right? So something is building in that, in that space, uh, and some change is happening for her, both biologically, psychologically, spiritually, socially, all of those things, that transition. 
we know that we're kind of conditioned to believe that's a bad thing, that menopause is a bad thing or disease or something wrong with us. And I won't go into all of that, but there is a big transition for women addressing that stage and that moment in life. And it usually coincides with their children's coming of age as well. So that's, that is kind of the nexus of where I do a lot of my work because those two things are, are quite big and they, they have a big impact. So if along the way, those first transitions that I mentioned, if there haven't been, you know, there can be other things like moving home, going back to work, changing jobs, relationships ending, like all of those things are transitions that need to be acknowledged because we are different from who we are before they happen. So I'm, I'm not minimizing any of those. Those are all big changes. And that's why I say, you know, every person's different what changes they're going to experience. Uh, but yeah, a lot of my focus and the women I work with are at that, that uh, pre-teen, adolescent, their children's stage, and they're in the peri-menopause, menopause phase. It's a beautiful opportunity for us or for these women to really sink into what they're letting go of and who they're becoming in each of those moments, isn't it? Just recently, I went through a transition that, you know, wasn't a chosen one. It came out of nowhere. And I went very much into survival mode as I had to for a number of months afterwards. And recognizing later, oh, I didn't acknowledge, I didn't sit with what this meant for me enough. And feeling that in my body, feeling that in my nervous system, recognizing, hang on, I missed a step here. I went straight into survival, which is what we do, especially, you know, and just as we give birth, we go into survival mode. We go into how am I going to keep this baby alive? How do I breastfeed? How do I manage this? What food do I need to get? We very much go into a survival mode. And sometimes I've recognized in my own life those missed rites of passage, those missed celebrations and acknowledgements and grieving of the transition can show up quite a way a long way down the path but I would love for you to just I guess finally before we finish reflect on that we can always go back and mark it years later and have just as much of a healing and a recognition and a claiming of the new version of ourselves if you've missed it trust me I missed it myself and I actually (laughs) teach this Bummer, missed that one. I'm now going back and doing what I wish I had done or had someone held me through back then. We can do this again later, can't we? Yeah. And and first of all, I want to just really honour you in sharing that and that recognition of, of grief not processed or grief not sat with. It's a courageous thing to do, to go back and look and and... Yeah, just really want to acknowledge that in in your sharing and to say that we mustn't beat ourselves up about not going there because, again, we're not really, um, we don't often have those muscles around sitting with our grief or even acknowledging that grief is there. And, and for me, the same. In many transitions through my mothering journey, I didn't stop to check out where I was. So 
you know, I'm here, I'm 60, my children are grown, I do this work, I get a lot of opportunity to go back and go, oh yeah, okay, that moment. And what would it have been like? So I can understand, Francis Weller talks about the five gates of grief, which you're probably familiar with, but I think it's around the fourth gate of grief is grieving for what we know we should have received and rights, but, but didn't. And rites of passage is one of those things. There is a, a sense of like, ah, oh, I didn't get acknowledged in that. You know, I didn't, maybe that was, you know, at, at the birth of your child, or maybe it was a separated from my partner and I did this on my own, or I, you know, I went back to work when my baby was, you know, many things where we, we often aren't given the space and then therefore don't give it to ourselves to acknowledge those moments but certainly we can as you know like mother ourselves in that we can hold that person that we were then and kind of go it's okay you, you know it's it's okay you did the best you could at that moment and look you're here that's what i always say to women you know you're here you've things have unfolded in this way and you're here now and you're looking at it now what a gift what an absolute gift to be able to have the time to have people like yourself supporting women through these stages and understandings. And um, yeah, I, I think it is absolutely fine to recognize it later and just to give yourself that, um, that space and that compassion, really. And I always talk about, you know, it's courage, curiosity, and compassion that helps us to navigate all of these transitions. And that goes for what's happening now and also what happened before. Mm, I love that. Courage, curiosity, and compassion. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much. You have a divine energy. I can just imagine what it must be like to sit in mother circles with you and have that space being held. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with me and with all of us and all the work you do in all those different places. I'm so excited by how much this conversation is growing. Yes. We have a long, 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 long way to go. Yeah. But Every week when I interview someone new for the podcast and more and more people are speaking in these spaces, I get so incredibly excited yes. that the, the wave has begun, the ripple effect has begun. So thank you for being a part of that. You're so welcome and I so agree. I see more and more that we're talking about, you know, women's rites of passage. We're talking about these transitions and we're honoring not only what we didn't receive or we didn't get, but finding ways forward to do that and finding ways forward to do that in community because women together are powerful. Oh yes, here we come. Thank you so very much. Thanks Amy, it's so great to talk to you. Thank you. As I said to Kamya in that interview, I can only imagine the divine energy you would receive in circle with her. A beautiful elder with wisdom to impart and space to hold. How I wish we could all have this in our lives. How I wish each and every one of us had a space where we were held, nurtured and celebrated in those moments of massive transition and in the moments of small transition. If you've never had this and you're recognizing that this is what you have missed and you most need, let me say again, 
it's never too late. As women, it is all about the cycles and it will come around again. You get a chance to sit with women and reflect. You get a chance to grieve, to heal and then rise. To find out all about Camia's work, both as a Rite of Passage facilitator and in the matrescent space, please go to the show notes. And until next week, Satnam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.